Hello out there, and welcome to our first episode of a show we're calling Night Talks, where we're going to get to know a little bit more about the teachers, the learners, the staff here at Newport High School in Bellevue, Washington. And for this very first episode, I'm really honored and excited to be talking to Karen Landau-Walter. Hi there. Yeah, I I guess I'd prescribe you as the leadership teacher, but that's maybe a little <laughs> limiting. Um, so actually, you know, we're here just to talk and learn a little bit about Karen's story and hear where she's been as a teacher and where we are now. And um, so I think the first place I'd love to start is um, when did you start at Newport High School? You know, what are some of the classes you've taught and the roles you fit within the school? Cool, yeah. Actually, the story of how I came to Newport is kind of a cool one. Um, so I had been teaching in New Jersey for about four years when um, my ex-husband got transferred out to Washington State for work. And um, so I was looking for work out in Washington State. And one of my college high school track and, or sorry, my college track and cross country team members mm -hmm. um, had been teaching at Newport and was the Newport track and cross country coach. So okay. I just emailed her and said, like, what are some schools, good school districts? I'm looking for a job. And she emailed me back and said, you know, my husband and I are thinking of stepping back from track and cross country. I had been coaching back in New Jersey. Would you be interested in taking that on? And I said, totally. And she said, send me your teaching resume. I'll send it to my principal. Mm -hmm. um, and it just happened to turn out that the year before, Newport had started an AP economics program and really needed an experienced AP econ teacher. Um, and that happens to be something that is, is me. And so Newport needed a track and cross country coach and a AP econ teacher the exact year that I was moving out here. And wow. so it's been a match made in nightdom ever since. <laughs> um, I like that yeah. So, um, so in that vein, the roles that I played um, when I first came to Newport, I was um, track and cross country coach, and um, I taught AP econ and AP world history. And that's what I taught for my first several years mm. here. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. How long were you doing coaching for? Um, I coached um, from yeah, Newport from yeah. 2006 until I had my daughter in 2016. Oh, nice. Okay. And um, so I had started ASB in 2013. Mm -hmm. So I was overlapping both head coaching and ASB there for a couple years. Yeah. And once I also added mom to that, it was too much. Yeah. So I stepped back. Yeah. Totally understandable. Yeah. Uh, what first then got you in the jump? What made, what made the jump into teaching for you? So that's actually a good story too. Um, <laughs> I am a child of a teaching household, which I think is true for a lot of teachers. Um, my dad was a guidance counselor in a vocational technical high school. And my mom, um, most of my life had been a preschool teacher, but by the time I was um, in college, she was uh, an elementary school teacher. Yeah. So I always like thought I wanted to teach, but it was like the family business and I didn't want to be in the family business. So um, the path I thought I was going to take was doing uh, my PhD in economics and then doing university level work, but I found that I didn't love doing research. So I didn't love like just doing that kind of right. isolated yeah. um, academic work. Um, but I left my master's degree in economics and I didn't have a teaching degree. 
Um, and I, I had loved being a TA. I loved being a grad assistant. I loved that part of the job. Um, so I actually worked in um, consulting, management consulting for four years. Um, and wow. then the state of New Jersey has this program called the alternate route to certification. And if a school needs somebody that can teach what you teach, you can get certified during your first year of teaching. So it was oh, like okay. totally into the fire. Right, right, yeah. Going at, like teaching with like figuring out as I went and then going to classes in the evening. Wow. Um, and I had a mentor teacher. It was okay, but it was scary. Um, but yeah, that's how I got certified and that's how I got into teaching. I found a job and because I, once I finally decided I wanted to do it, I had tried academia, I mm-hmm. tried consulting, I decided I wanted to do it. And yeah. then once I was in, I was in and that's been 21 years. Well, what, not just about teaching, but also like being here at Newport, what do you love about it? What's, what's got your, you hooked? Um, well, I do, I do just love teaching. Yeah. I love, um, I love my job a lot. Um, I wake up and although it's sometimes not always wanting to get out of bed, I love coming (laughs) to work. Right. Yep. Um, and I really do love the community of students here. I like teenagers. I think teenagers are really cool. I love their ability to both have really good critical thinking conversations and also the fact that they are still developing people, right? These these people that look like fully formed adults, but are still so young and have and are learning. And I love that space where there needs to be comfort to make mistakes and learn and grow. Um, And I really do love our school community. I think that there are lots of things about any commu- big community of 2,000 people that have really big flaws. And, right. Um, but I think our school community does um, at least want to be a place that um, everybody has a chance to grow and thrive in, right? Yeah. And again, it's not always true. People get stuck in the outside and, and things are not fair to everyone. But Totally. Um, I do think that this school aims to be a place that cares for every kid, that really does do good things and offer people opportunities to get involved in lots of ways, which I really love about this school. I, I think you you have, uh, again, you have careers before teaching. You've mm-hmm. had some role shifts here in the school. You've taken a more active role in shaping culture. Um, but also just, I know from talking to you and knowing you as a human and as a teacher, I know you're really aware about how you show up to the classroom and what that does for your kids. And it's more than just what we're teaching them. It's the other mm-hmm. stuff, all those things. How has your classroom changed over mm-hmm. these, these 20 years? How is, how does it, how would it look different now versus how it used to look, um, back in the day? I think that, um, I think that I would say that when I first started teaching and coaching, um, I was really good at teaching and coaching kids who were like me, who are really competitive, who are academically driven, who for kids for whom school comes pretty easy or is pretty straightforward. And because that was me, that was my experience in high school. Um, That was my experience as an athlete, being super competitive, wanting to be like top of everything I did. And so I kind of came into teaching from that perspective. And it's not like I didn't like care about making sure that every student learned and understood. But I think I I mostly taught in a way that was really effective for kids who learn like me. 
Um, and I think one of the things that I've learned over time is like, I can still do that to an extent. I can still get kids ready for college. I can still make things really challenging, but that to find ways to make learning things like AP economics, something that students can leave my class, even if they're not ready for the AP exam, to feel like they know something about how the world works and really making sure that that's an important part of what happens. Um, I think the other thing that is true for me is um, in taking over ASB and leadership, that wasn't a natural fit for me. I'm a pretty introverted person and I'm somebody who is more like that. Like I'm an athlete, I'm a scholar, like that's who I am. And the kids in my room in leadership are different from me, right? They are highly extroverted and like, and it took me a little while to adapt to that. And I think my first year or so was pretty stressful, like figuring out, cause I'm all about doing everything right. And my kids are all about let's do it. And <laughs> so, um, so that was hard, but I think I've learned so much from taking that on. I think, um, my students have taught me a lot about um, student mental health mm. and um, what yeah. equity and inclusion really looks like from a student perspective when a student feels like they're on the outside. Mm. And not just like equity and inclusion speak, but what does it feel like to be this kid? And I think getting to know more and more kids that way and the close relationships from coaching and ASB and really getting to know kids. And I think you probably experienced that in the music world too. Like you get to know kids pretty well right. um, when you're working with them for four years or, yeah. or multiple years. Yeah. Um, that really taught me how to listen to what kids experience in high school and when their experience is different from mine or what I did experience, mm -hmm. right? Totally. And try to make my classroom space something that try to make it something that every kid feels like they can have a home in, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, those are, that's inspiring words. I mean, the job is infinitely aspirational, isn't it? Mm -hmm. this, and, and I think a lot of young teachers, and you know, as we stepped into the profession, we're similar in that we, we had to broaden our perspectives. But mm -hmm. I love hearing that story about the way your leadership kids have opened up your mind mm -hmm. and your heart to those things. I think yeah. that's awesome. And it, they teach us a lot when we allow them to. They do. Um, I think we could probably dive in this a little bit, I mm -hmm. guess, is like, where do you, where do you think we are then? Like right now as a, as this Newport pride launch, we had the beginning of the mm -hmm. year, um, for listeners out there might may or may not know it was sort of a point of emphasis at the beginning of the school year around the, the letters of pride and trying to build that out into some value statements, which was followed up by some expectations. And, you know, it was really centered about positive community, right? Like how yeah. do we treat each other, how we show up the right way. Where are we on that trajectory? You know, how, how are you feeling that's going? Well, I think, there are super positive things about our culture and there's also things that are challenging. Like I think yeah. it's super positive that Newport students are so driven. It's super challenging that Newport students are worn out, right? Yep. It's super positive that um, Newport students are highly engaged and like to have a lot of fun and like to have a lot of spirit. It's super challenging when sometimes that becomes something where kids feel left out, right? And so... I think, like I said in the beginning, any community of 2,000 people, it's, it's a hard balance. And um, I think one of the things that I really value and something that I hope continues to grow in Newport culture is like an understanding that Newport pride and school spirit doesn't look the same for everybody. For some kids, it looks like being in the football stands and showing up in an assembly and being super loud. For other kids, it looks like showing up at a club that has 10 kids in it once a week and just loving that community. 
And I think it's really important that we see engagement in school having lots of different pictures, mm. right? Yeah. It's a kaleidoscope of different kids' experiences, and a positive experience for one kid can look totally different from a positive experience of others. And if we say that every kid has to want to go show up at a loud assembly, we are doing a disservice to the huge group of kids who don't want to be there, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's like Newport spirit can be, I like to go and show up at my club, and I love that club. Or I'm a kid who really just loves my English class. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really Mm -hmm. important and the way we talk about those things. Yeah, and even how we celebrate them. Yeah. Like, talk about yeah. them, right? Like, yep. that's that's a huge role uh, for the adults in the building. That's a big role for the leadership in the building. Yep. How do we emphasize those achievements that seem very small but yep. actually are, are the fabric of what we yep. are, right? Yeah, yeah totally. that's huge. Um, well, I, I guess we'll just leave it maybe with this one. Um, what's one more thing that you wish kids knew, either about you or about, about life beyond the building, or what would you leave kids with hearing? Okay, that's a good question. I think, um, I think the one thing I would, as I'm nearing my fiftieth birthday next week, um, is that I think it's really important to be comfortable with the fact that you are going to make mistakes and need to grow, and that your perspective on what success is, is probably going to change. And if you don't let it change, you're not going to be a happy person. Mm. Um, yes. So for me, that's that was really big. It was like accepting the fact that when I was 29 years old, I had gone into the a, a career that wasn't the right fit for me and changing and becoming a teacher. Mm. It was like... You know, even like personal stuff, like going through a divorce and getting remarried and becoming a stepmom and becoming a mom late in my life, right? Yep. Life growing and changing and also accepting the fact that the way we see the world can change, that we can make mistakes and hurt people and learn from that and do better Mm. and not see those things as as something that is like a source of like we're bad or we're unsuccessful or there's shame, but like I'm going to learn from this and grow and find who I want to be. And I think it's hard to do that when you're 18, right? Because you haven't haven't made enough mistakes to really see – like what growth and change look like. And I think um, that's where for for the kids that some of the adults in this building and the adults in your world, like they're people to learn from outside of just the academics, but like growing and changing. Yeah, Yeah. that's beautiful. Well, uh, Miss Landau, (laughs) (laughs) this has been wonderful. Uh, You're an inspiration in this building to our staff and to our kids. And thank thanks you. for taking the time to talk and talk a little bit about your story. It's been really wonderful hearing more about it. So thank you for joining us yeah. and listening in. This is this awesome. This is super fun to do. <laughs> I'm so glad you're doing this. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. So hopefully we're going to hear more stories soon from other folks and go talk to some more staff members. Uh, this has been our first chance for Night Talks. Nice. Yeah, thank yeah. You. I just love it. Good. Awesome. Awesome.